One year of the Slinging Sports Podcast with your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKee. And Wally, so it's a pretty monumental moment right now. It's pretty insane that we've been doing this for a year. It feels like yesterday we recorded the first ever episode in the library, in yeah, the study room. Yeah, we did it in a study room. If you listen to that audio, it's like yeah. so echoey. Um, it's an honor to still be doing this with you, and I, I'm looking forward to the next year and years to come. It's just wild to think how much it's evolved over the past year too we've added sports in we didn't start with the nhl yeah we talk about now here we go through these speedy headlines talking about all different leagues there's so much that we talk about now that we didn't even start out we started out talking about the olympics actually yeah that was the That's very pretty first wild. topic that we mentioned yeah and now obviously we're not talking about the olympics yeah but uh, not now but in the next three years yeah if it keeps going <laughs> uh but with that monument of course Always highlights. That's a highlight. But what is your highlight of the week? What have you been up to? My highlight of the week is an upcoming highlight, and that is this weekend. I've got two of my friends from my boarding school coming up for the weekend. Um, I saw them for my birthday back in May, but I haven't seen them since then. I'm really excited to hang out with them, have them meet the guys here in Syracuse. It'll be really fun. It's always a fun time. It's always great. Sadly, I will not be able to attend that this weekend because of my highlight of the weekend. That's I'm going to New York City with my family. The big app. Um, getting to go home and see friends back home, see my family, but then also my parents. They've been trying. They've been trying to get this going for I think it's about a year now. Um, nice. But last year, my family got COVID, so we couldn't go. We were supposed to go to see Broadway show. So that's where we're going this year. We re- we rescheduled it. Do so. you have a show picked out? Yeah, we're going to see Wicked. Oh. So my uh, My sister's seen Wicked about five times, I think. I've never I, seen it. I think both of my sisters have seen it multiple times as well. Um, I think the rest of my family has not seen it yet. Except maybe my mom has. But I don't know. There's a movie coming out with Ariana Grande, so I think I have to see the Broadway That'll show be before before yeah. the movie comes out. Enjoy that, man. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. I haven't been to New York City in a little bit, so Great. I'm excited for that. Yeah, have fun. yeah. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go on to some speedy slings here. We got South Carolina beating UConn to remain unbeaten unbeaten in women's college basketball. Yeah, they're 23-0, undefeated, obviously. It was a rematch of last year's national championship. Um, Aliyah Boston leading the way for South Carolina. She was the AP Player of the Year last year. Best player in women's uh, college ball. Scored 26-11-2 in that game. She has just been a monster all year long for the Gamecocks. And South Carolina becoming this little sneaky dominant force in women's college basketball. Obviously, we've seen UConn years in and years out uh, be Pretty this dominant force. Pretty much our entire force. life. Yeah. It's just been UConn. And then um, there have been a couple of There's SEC been some Notre Dame as well. Uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, sprinkling in there. But South Carolina on the come up in the past couple of years. Yes, and they've got a matchup with number three LSU this weekend. So that is a huge game between the two of them. Well, sticking in women's sports, we've got the WNBA investigating the Las Vegas Aces for making under-the-table payments. Yes, and the Aces are owned by Raiders owner Mark Davis. Not that there's really any uh, continuation there. Not like Mark (laughs) Davis is a dirtbag or anything. But the thing that I'm taking away from this is that the WNBA is not getting the necessary funds, the cap cap room, cap space, cap number. It's not large enough um, for these women to get the pay that they deserve, and it is... uh, forcing these owners, these teams, to pay them under the table to really show the amount of, give them the amount of money that they're worth. Well, this is also interesting because the Aces, of course, winning the WNBA championship this past year. Yeah. Um, is this going to have some Im- implications on that? On what happened in the in the previous season? Of course, free agency going on right now ahead of the season. What's going to happen there? Yeah. Um, 
I don't the, know. It's the, an interesting the story right now. has said that it's both current like players through this free agency cycle, but past cycles as well. Yeah. Players that are currently on that roster that won that championship. So something to keep an eye on with how the WNBA handles it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, moving on to the NHL, coming out of the All-Star break, we had a very quick turnaround from All-Star weekend yeah. in the NHL. And what's weird about me, weird uh, about the NHL and the All-Star break to me is that the teams have such a wide range of breaks because they try and line everyone up to have more or less the same number of games played because at some point some team has played five more than another. Um, but there are teams like the Hurricanes who don't play for nearly Until two weeks. Until the 11th. Yeah. And then there are other teams who play um, after like four days. They get four days off, the bare minimum, four or five days, and then they're playing again. Um, one of those teams being the Bruins, uh, who probably benefited from coming back from the break early, ending their uh, very brief three-game losing skid with a win over uh, Toronto. I ask you this. Does Carolina, who's the second-best team in the NHL in terms of points, do they have a chance of overtaking them at any point? They're seven points behind them right now. I don't think so. I think the Bruins are going very strong. Uh, that three-game skid was, I think that was probably the biggest skid we've seen them have all it year was. so far. By a wide margin, um, So I don't think that they're going to catch them just because of how dominant the Bruins have been. Uh, if it does happen, I will be impressed. But Carolina also, you know in a very pesky division, mm-hmm. uh, having to play against the Devils and the Rangers, um, which, I mean, it's not easy for the Bruins either, having to play against Toronto or Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. But I think that the Bruins have shown more dominance than Carolina has, so I have more faith that the Bruins will stay on top than I do of, of Carolina catching them. Fair take. I agree with you on it as well, just because of how fast they got out to the start, and obviously you're not going to be able to win every single game. You're going to yeah. have a three-game losing skit at some point. So, Well, speaking of losing skids, the Tampa Bay Lightning on a two-game losing skid, coming off an ugly, ugly loss in their return uh, against the Panthers. A 7-1 to loss at that. Ugh. Um, um, very bad. And then losing to the Sharks again 4-3 to uh, last night. So, uh, a, you know, very underwhelming return, but a quick turnaround. Um, having two All-Stars as well, having Andre Vasilevsky and Nikita Kucherov in the all-star game um and then having to turn around and face a panthers team that did not have to travel at all for this game or for the all-star break yeah. either we're in we're at their home stadium um so you know two games out of the break they'll get back into they'll it they'll be all right yeah 100 they'll be all right i think we should start talking about the panthers in a couple of weeks as well for a team that was one of the best in the nhl last year winning the, the president's period. trophy yeah, yeah. And they're not even in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, keep an eye on them. As for the similar, Rangers... I would say similar story to the Avalanche. Yeah, very much so. Great great comparison. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, as for the Rangers, got a very nice win over Calgary uh, last night. 5-4 overtime win. Alexi Lafreniere, game-winning goal. Filipino, two goals. The kids, as we call them, getting it done. Um, even though it just feels weird to call Filipino a kid still, considering <laughs> he's been playing since 2018. But by age, he's a kid. Um, but I want to highlight a guy who I was bashing about two months ago at the beginning of the season. That is Yaroslav Halak, uh, the goalie, backup goalie for the New York Rangers. He's been that guy over his last six starts. He's 6-0-0, undefeated, save percentage of 926. Um, the Rangers have rallied around him very clearly last night, gives up four goals, his worst uh, performance in those last six games. And they rally around him, put up the five goals, get it done for him. Uh, Halak, you have been outstanding after I bashed you for the first 
about 20-something games of the season. Well, settling into his role as well, of course, you're not going to be able to have Shesterkin back in the goal the entire yeah the yeah. Uh, the entire season. So when he has to step in, if he could step in and you get a 6-0-0 record in in between there, that's perfect. That's all you could ask for. Going on to NCAA men's basketball. Of course, here, we like to talk about the Orange. We like to talk about what's going on. So we're going to talk about Jim Boeheim because he's been in the news quite quite, quite often recently. For for an ACC team that's in the middle of the conference and is a game above five hundred. It has been a lot of bad, bad press for Jim Beheim. Yeah, so Beheim, obviously, you know, no, or not Notre Dame, I apologize. Uh, Syracuse winning this past weekend against Boston College. You know, ending that, what was it, a three-game losing yeah. losing streak? Um, and Beheim has asked a lot of questions afterward. People are wondering his future with the organization, or with the school. Um, and he said that's up to the university, it's not up to him. He says that his plan is to stay here, of course, for next year. And then also goes on to say and make comments about Pittsburgh and other ACC schools buying players and paying for players and not really saying it as NIL, more as under-the-table type stuff. Basically accusing them of cheating, accusing the rest of the conference, despite that not being the case at all, which is a little weird because Syracuse, we have seen with Elijah Moore coming to Syracuse University, um, class of first commit from the 2024 class. Um, we, I say we because I go here. University has the funds. They have the money to do NIL deals. They can attract a big-name uh, player. And my interpretation is this is on Bayheim. This is on the state of the orange right now. This does not have to do with, quote, cheating around the ACC. Well, also, frankly, it's... You look at these NIL deals, it's not even the university that's offering them here. It's Adam Weissman yeah, that has all the pull them. that's bringing them here. And Beheim really, I I don't want to get into the territory of whether he, <coughs> I don't want to get into the territory of whether he's going to stay or leave or if they should fire him or not. Because obviously he has such a legacy here and stuff like that. And I don't want to get into that right now. We'll get into that come tournament time when they don't make it. Yeah. But if they don't make it, yeah, let's go, sure, baby. Sure. ACC tournament, get your money up. Sure, but I don't think you can go out here and start bashing other coaches. No, not at all. Programs when, entirely, and, not even and, just coaches. Well, yeah, coaches, programs, when they also haven't even like amounted to anything, and you're yeah. claiming them of cheating yeah. and getting all these players. They have not. Neither of those teams that he talked about won national championships. You're not coming after Duke. You're not coming after UNC. You're yeah, you're going after, after Pitt and Miami. Yeah, I think he. I think he said something about Wake Forest as well, which again is a very yeah. much mid-tier program. Nothing to write home about. And probably their biggest rivals right now because they can't compete with the higher-up schools. Yeah. So that's when we have the biggest sellout crowd. Just yeah, with Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, we're gonna go to Purdue, losing a game to Indiana remains number one in the AP. Now, is this correct? Yes, it is correct. And the only reason that is correct is because both them and Houston have two losses now, and the only way that Purdue gets kicked out of that uh, number one spot is if they finish with the same number of losses as Alabama. Alabama is deserving of being the number one team in the country right now. Houston is not. I've bashed Houston. You've bashed Houston. I don't think they're trustworthy in a weak American athletic conference. I don't even think Arizona deserves to be in the number one spot for a bit. Um, but if Purdue drops one more and Alabama wins out, say, then I think Alabama can be that number one uh, team. Um, but for now, it is Purdue, and it should be Purdue. 
And uh, Purdue, obviously, with two losses um, in a not not very strong uh, Big Ten, but losing to a ranked Indiana team in the Big strong Ten. Strong enough. Yeah, strong it's enough. Um, it's not an awful loss. And then you have teams like Alabama and Tennessee playing in a very difficult SEC, SEC. conference. Yeah. Um, and we talked about Houston, of course, not having the opponents and, and stuff like that. So I don't think they're going to overtake Purdue. I think that second loss killed them, and it's going to kill them for the tournament as well. Um, obviously, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but I, I think it's I think it's safe to say that Purdue will stay at the number one spot for now. I could even see Alabama jumping Houston at some point. Yeah, 100%. And Houston just got a win over Temple and gave them that second loss. A uh, bit of a, quote, revenge game, even though it shouldn't have been. Because I would say it should, not be, it should not be a revenge game. But, but showcase that the first one was a fluke. Um, but it also did show that they're susceptible, and they can have a night off, and that'll burn them, potentially. Well, a battle of top ten teams here, Kansas beating Texas. Yeah. Um, a huge game within the Big Ten. Kansas won the game by eight points. Texas number five in the country. Kansas number nine. We've said it all season long. The Big 12 is just beating each other up game by game. There's no, in my opinion, no true number one coming out of that conference. They've got six teams in the top 17 right now. Any given night, any of them can beat each other. Well, this is where it gets interesting for me. Is it, you know, hard to say that a Big 12 team can even make it through the tournament because of how much they're going to end up beating each other up in the Big 12 tournament going into it? Well, that's that's the weird thing to me is that will the losing help because it builds up your strength of schedule and you're playing these higher opponents? Or does it hurt you because it's going to knock down your consistency? Exactly. exactly. Because the NCAA tournament requires to win six games in a row. And I don't have the statistic of what the longest winning streak is for each of those teams. Maybe one of them's over six. Probably one's over six, but that was because of non-conference play. I don't think any of these teams have won six straight in their conference. So that is definitely something to watch. If they can build up that consistency, if they can win that many games in a row, having never done it, if they make it into the tournament. Well, you look right here, you already have three top 10 teams, and you have five in the top 12 yeah. uh, in the Big 12. So it's it's going to be interesting come tournament time. I don't. I, I think it's going to end up hurting them in the long run because they won't be able to go on these streaks and, and feel this consistency, this consistent winning pattern. Um, yes, they are playing difficult opponents, and they'll be ready for those opponents in, in the tournament, but... I think you you get you're gonna end up getting paired up with one of your Big Twelve opponents in one of those brackets yeah. for sure because of how many There's teams are gonna make it them. out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be interesting and it's gonna be it, we're gonna have to see where everyone gets paired up. I ask you, who do you think is the best team in the Big Twelve? If you had to pick one right now to make it the furthest in March, uh, I'd probably go Texas. Okay, a little bit of bias and in, in you know infused into okay. that, but. Uh, I just I like Texas a lot the way that they've been playing. Um, Kansas has been a bit shaky for me, especially when they were playing against Kansas State that first time. Of course, getting the revenge game on them yep. and taking over Texas this week, but you know it, it relies on if Grady Dick is really on, yeah. and that's that's what their entire game plan relies on. I'm gonna go with another guy in Kansas that I think will be very key in leading them quote to the promised land for a second straight year mind you that the defending national champ has not made it out of the first weekend since 2016 um it's five straight tournaments that the defending champ gets knocked out in the first two rounds i'm gonna go with jalen wilson will be the number one guy for kansas having been on that national championship run last year he's that veteran presence he might not be the best player on the team 
but he's that veteran presence. Um, and obviously you have Bill Self at the helm. No disrespect to Rodney Terry, who's done a phenomenal job stepping in for Chris Beard at Texas. But having the veteran coach that knows what he's doing, having that true number one player that you can rely on that has been through this, that can talk to the guys like Grady Dick who have not experienced that. I think Kansas is the best team, but again, I'm not picking a Big 12 team to win the national championship at all. There's there's too many of them. Are you picking Kansas to make it out of the first weekend? No. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see. Because, you know... With, with my analytics, I prefer larger sample sizes. I think five tournaments is a little fishy. Um, and if you go uh, Duke, the year before that was UConn 2014. They didn't even make the tournament. 2013 Louisville, they made it to the Elite Eight. So there's not much consistency. It's just a five-year trend. Um, but I'll think about it. Depends on matchups. All right. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Again, matchups. We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some Big East. The Big East is actually surprisingly strong this year. Yeah. UConn. Taking out Marquette, who made it to the top 10, and beating the crap out of them. Yeah, they got absolutely skunked by UConn. And this is kind of a important time for the Huskies. We saw they were a top five team in the country at one point this season, um, about two months into the year even. Um, they could get hot at the right time. It's still the same team, still the same coach. If they get hot at that right time, even if they dip in the AP poll, they've always been in it. They've been lingering around in the low teens, upper 20s. Um, this is a big win for them over Marquette. I want to talk about Marquette for a second, though, who, again, was the number 10 team in the country, going to be on that 3-4 line when we get into March. Right now, they are tied with Syracuse in opponent points per game, tied for 209th in the country. Terrible defense. Now, they do have a very good offense. Top, I think it's top 30 in the country. They score yeah. 80 points a game, um, which is very good. However, when you look at past national champions, not that anyone's going to pick Marquette to win the national championship unless you're a psycho or you're from Milwaukee, but Marquette, um, teams with terrible defense in the past that have won the national championship have had phenomenal offenses. UNC 2009, 270th in opponent scoring, um, but they scored 90 a game, which yeah. is the second best in the NCAA. And UNC in 2005, 203rd in opponent's per, opponent's uh, points per game, but they were first in scoring in the entire NCAA. So the defense can be terrible, hypothetically, but your offense needs to be out of this world, and Marquette's offense is not out of this world at all. They're not averaging 90 points a game. No, so, not at all. I mean, they're also in a Big East conference where it's very top-heavy, yes. and you're playing against you get to play George lower to teams. Call. Yeah, um, And even uh, Villanova on a down year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missing Jay Wright. So it's going to be interesting. You have here is there a conference that can compete with the Big 12? Um, top to bottom, no. But top, I'd say yes in the SEC. I would take just I would take Alabama or Tennessee over all of those six teams that are in the top 17. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, I was a big advocate for the SEC last year. I'm a big advocate for them yet again. I keep mm-hmm. saying the SEC is taking over basketball, and I truly believe it. Alabama's becoming a basketball powerhouse recently. They are. And it's insane. Um, Tennessee, I love seeing Tennessee up there in the SEC for basketball. Um, go Vols. Rocky Top, <laughs> let's go. Uh, I think I'm still going to ride with them as my tournament pick from now until we see what happens when the brackets come out. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a big SEC advocate, and I'm going to keep advocating for them. I think they're better than the Big 12 if you look at the top schools. Fair pick. 
we are going to go into the halftime hustle. We're going to go to drip of the week. Would you like to get us started? Yeah, I will. And I, I've, got a, I've got a video from TikTok um, that needs to load here. My drip of the week is a player by the name of Andrew Lavalli, um, who's a student at Thomas Edison Charter School in New Jersey. I'm going to play this clip for Finn here. Um, uh, Thomas Edison Charter was down by 56 in this game against Montgomery School. Um, and if Finn wants to look here so he can see the video, this player high steps down the court, <laughs> jumps into a spin, and then does a split. I down did, 56. I did see that. Um, I, uh, I could not believe that. Very popular video on the internet. And not to mention, he did it again. Uh, the term emote was used a lot. Um, they were down by 65 at another point in the game. And the ball, he ran down the court and hit the splits. I think he did a back handspring at one point, too. Hit the gritty. Um, shout out to you, Andrew Lavalli. Good for you. Always having fun, even if you're losing. It's important that it is just a game, especially when you're, when you're in high school. Enjoy the time with your teammates and hit the splits on the court. Uh, my drip of the week is actually going to Jason Kelsey. You're going to not like this pick, of course, because you're a Giants like fan. Um, but Jason Kelsey, of course, this week, Super Bowl week, uh, Super Bowl opening night was Monday, with it, which was the first access to all media, uh, media presence, and, you know, they had the players off in their little section areas, um, and Jason Kelsey ended up getting a sombrero, yeah. and speaking Spanish, um, it was pretty funny, he was trying to speak Spanish, he was trying to take himself back to his days in high school when he, when he learned Spanish, um, I'll, I'll have to show you the video later, I can't pull it up right now, but... It was pretty hilarious. I'll uh, I'll show it to you, but That's great. we watched it in my uh, Super Bowl and Society class Did yesterday, you? so we were laughing. Good class, very good class. Great class, great good class. class. Uh, we're gonna go on to our players of the week. Do you want me to start? You go first. Uh, so my player of the week, amid all the rumors on what's going on, of course, as it is every single year, yep. is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I talked last week about the Pebble Beach Pro Am. He ended up winning it this week, Did he? winning the winning this golf tournament. Um, with uh, Canadian golfer Ben Wallace, uh, pretty amazing there. Beating Josh Allen, Josh Allen taking uh. taking time off of the Pro Bowl just to lose to Aaron Rodgers. Um, so we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers' future, but he'll have his name right behind that first tee engraved there forever. Now. Yeah, and I've got a couple of things to say about Aaron Rodgers when we get to the <laughs> NFL section of today. My player of the week is a player that we can transition in perfectly to the NBA, and that is Lico, the guy that Le I King. Can. LeBron James. Um, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night. The number one on the all-time scoring list. 38,390 points. Scored 38 points as well in the game uh, that they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Anthony Davis had no interest in him breaking the <laughs> record at all. I just want to say that as well. The dude sat down it's fun. It's, and didn't do anything. It's fun to see all the players' reactions, Kareem's reaction. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Every side. single basket LeBron made last night, they put the camera on Kareem. Yeah. And Kareem and LeBron like kind of hate each other. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so Kareem was just sitting there mad the entire time. <laughs> and then it was so weird. like It was so awkward when Kareem went out on the court and was like, hit the basketball he was giving to LeBron and like, they were, like, further apart than you and I are sitting right here. <laughs> like, and Kareem wasn't even looking at him, and he was just, like, going to Adam Silver. He was like, do I give him the ball now? And, and LeBron's standing in between them when he was asking. It was so it was so awkward. Um, and they let LeBron say the F word on TV yeah, live. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Which is pretty <laughs> wild. But I guess LeBron can do whatever he wants, he according can. to the, runs the, NBA, the league. Apparently. I'm not going to comment too much on it. He passed him. Okay. Yeah, I did, baby. That's my player of the week.
Okay. Wasn't LeBron your player of the week last week anyway? He was. Yeah. He was. No, nah, was it last week or was it two, two weeks, weeks ago? ago? Whatever it was. You just Either had way. Him. You just had him as your player of the week. Yeah, but it was because he was the oldest player to score 40. They weren't doing anything. Now people are trying to compare him to Jordan again. I don't no. want to talk about it. He, he doesn't. Don't worry. I'm not that much of a uh, dork. We'll have that debate another time. I See, we don't have to debate that. Just appreciate greatness. Good take. That's it. Good take. W take. Um... So I don't really know if we have to talk much more about LeBron and Kareem, passing Kareem. Um, of course, a big storyline. You've seen it everywhere by now. Um, I've seen it everywhere by now. I'm kind of sick of it. So we're going to move on to Kyrie's uh, debut with the Mavericks tonight. Kyrie, of course, getting traded to the Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and three draft picks. Yeah, and Luka Doncic gets his help. We talked plenty about Luka this entire year and what he has done for the Mavericks, putting them in the spot they are in in the Western Conference. Do you think that Kyrie and Luka will gel very well? Um, I'm kind of mixed on what's going to happen with them. Uh, you know, of course, I think this brings a lessening of defense to your team um, with Kyrie and Luka. And you know, minded. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in that backcourt. But, um, of course, you have two of the top scorers in the league. You have a player who has top two handles ever on yeah. your team. Um, I think if Kyrie can take... I don't want to say more of a James Harden approach because James Harden scores a lot less than he used to. Yeah. I think something similar, though. If he turns into a facilitator first and scoring second, because we already know Luka can do it. Yeah. We've seen it this entire year and for his entire NBA career. But when you have Kyrie, of course, your attention is going to be on both of them because you don't really have anyone else on your team. Mm -hmm. I think if those two can, you know, work that a little bit, That'll that'll help them. I think it's gonna be a trial run. I Mark Cuban's already making comments about Kyrie's attitude, and I know Mark Cuban hates players with big personalities. Yes, he does. He's very vocal about it too. This is not. I don't think. I think that's a bigger issue than Luca and Kyrie. I think it's more Mark Cuban and Kyrie, and what's gonna happen there. So we'll see. Um, I hope the best for them because Luca deserves help. Luca deserves people on his team. Yep. But I don't know how it's going to work. Especially after losing uh, the superstar point guard of Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that actually second. probably was his, his best help Yeah, it since was, then. which we'll talk about uh, in one second. But before we get to that, Cam Thomas makes NBA history with three straight 40-plus games, becoming the youngest player ever to accomplish the feat. Yeah, and, uh, you know, overshadowing LeBron last night. Yeah. He took over one of LeBron's records. Yeah. Um, Cam Thomas stepping up when they need him most. KD's out. They trade Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They're in a very but very much dark hole right now. Nobody yeah. knows where they're going. Um, they were trying to get Fred Van Fleet on their team. I don't that didn't end up working out. Everything's kind of up in the air with the Nets. But Cam Thomas is powering through this and he's doing mm-hmm. the best he can. Three straight forty point games. Insane. He's coming yeah. for the record, LeBron. You better watch out. As a second-year <laughs> player, and again, as you briefly mentioned, all three of those games um, have come since Kyrie requested a trade and later received that trade. Someone's stepping up for Brooklyn. Um, now, the most important part of the NBA section, the greatest day of the year. After losing 15 straight to the Philadelphia 76ers from 2017 to 2021, the New York Knicks have now won four out of the last seven. That's that's a winning record. That's a yeah. I'll give you props. I'll give you victory. props for that. It's um, all right. Just knocked off the Sixers this weekend. Um, they're still in playing. Uh, they're still in the play-in right now. They're sitting at the seven spot, tied with Miami. Um, but they're pretty much building up, building up a good enough lead to guarantee a playoff spot, which I'm always pleased with as a Knicks fan. Um, 
and I've said it the whole time, but the torch is kind of passed between Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett each night. Um, and minus the last two wins against Orlando and Philadelphia. Um, one of those three has scored 30-plus in 15 out of their last 16 games. So it rotates between all three of them. All of them have done it at least uh, four times, I think. Um, there's no true number one guy with the Knicks, which I think works way better for them. It's working very well, um, and they're having a good season once again. Yeah, and um, back to this Knicks game. If this game doesn't show the Sixers that they need to make a move at the deadline, I don't know what does. The highest plus-minus of someone off of their bench in this game was minus 14, Yeah, with their lowest being minus 26. Time to get some Um, there. Furkan Korkmaz actually demanded a trade. I don't think the guy knows that they've been trying to trade him for three years. He (laughs) might go down as the worst player to ever demand a trade in NBA history. Uh, He doesn't do anything. They can't get rid of him, but they need to make a move at this deadline. Um... Ty- or, uh, Matisse Thibel has a lot of trade value. His defense brings a lot. As much as I love him on the team and love his presence in the locker room, I think he's a guy you have to think about moving on from and getting a little bit more defense in that or a little bit more offense in that second unit. Um, just because when you have when you're sending guys like Harden and Embiid to the bench, you need guys that can come off and, and score. And Tyrese Maxey, as good as he is, can't always do it all. Yeah. And actually, frankly, Tyrese Maxey is historically bad against the Knicks. Like, is he? Actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. I appreciate yeah. that. Hope they I mean, that's only oh. that's only what, like two or three years that he's played against them, but I believe it was the game where him and Quickly were rookies mm-hmm. yeah. and they were playing against each other. Those two were going at it and uh, I think it ended up coming down to the end of it. But um, Didn't they both go to Kentucky. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Well, they, I would say they're 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 good friends, yeah. but they were they weren't like chippy. They yeah. were just like you know going back and forth. It's fun. But yeah, it's a fun rivalry. <coughs> Moving on. Now we've got the big the big game. Yeah. It's the big this weekend. They call it's the, it. it's the, the big, big week. Game. The big game because we can't we can't license Super Bowl, so we can't say it. No, we have to call. So it we have to say game. the big game. Um, and that is Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday, obviously. Um, before we get into that, I you want to talk about something, and then I want to talk about something after. Yeah, I want to talk about the Pro Bowl very quickly. Um, I know you didn't watch it. I watched the skills competition last Thursday and everything on Sunday, and I actually want to say that I very much enjoyed it. Um, the skills on Thursday, a little bland, you know, I mean, obviously you can't really do much with commentating mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that, and I, I think they have to switch some of that up. Um there are some things like the the passing one, the accuracy that should always stay. I think that's yeah. perfect. Um, there were a couple more on Thursday. I'm trying to forget. Oh, the water balloons. They wanted to get rid of that. That was kind of stupid. <laughs> I didn't like that either. Um, they did have one where they had like O linemen and and uh, fullbacks and linebackers catching punts. That's fun. And like every time they caught one, they'd go out and they'd rotate, and then they'd have to catch another one with the ball that they just oh, caught. That's good. So they'd go up to four or five rounds. Um, I like that. that was pretty awesome. I like the format. I love the format. It was fun. The flag football games were awesome. The AFC won. That was a controversial call at the end. <laughs> they would have scored. Um, but you can't kneel the ball out. That's a run. I don't like that. Um, but, no, I loved it. Uh, I hope they, they rework it a little bit to uh, fix up the point system. But the Pro Bowl is fun. I hope this gets players to go more. Um Josh Allen, you could sit out all you want. I really don't care. It was fun not seeing you there because 
because uh, Trevor Lawrence got to throw to Stephon yeah. Diggs, and they looked like they were best friends. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a new uh, wide receiver coming to Jacksonville pretty soon because yeah. you didn't go. Write that down. Um, pencil him in. On yeah, we'll pencil him in. We'll pencil him in. Um, no, but I, I loved it, and I hope they – they're obviously going to keep this format. A lot of players have vocalized that they love it as well. and um, I like it. Yeah, we're going like to see it. what happens going forward, but I hope they just rework it a little bit. I quickly want to mention a player who I don't like to talk about and who you uh, picked as your player of the week this week, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. That, uh, that he'd be going on a <laughs> darkness retreat four days. And he's a very spiritual guy. Which is dope. I'm all for it. Um, and he's had a number of friends over the years go on darkness retreats where you live in darkness for multiple days and then life becomes clear to you. But I only mention this because he said he's going to make a decision on his plans when he returns from his darkness retreat. Um, I don't care what his plans are, quite frankly. It's been the same thing since 2020. But I only mentioned it because maybe we're going to get some words from him. I think we are going to finally figure out what he wants to do. I think I, – I, I don't know what's going to happen. Clearly, Green Bay is looking to try and move on from him Yeah. for the I've first time. Like, they vocalized a lot of I've wanting to move on from him. Um, so, at this point, it's kind of more will he go to New York or will he go to Vegas because will, people are thinking he might will, go there with Adams. Or will he retire because he doesn't want to He doesn't well. want to leave the Packers. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, he had all these meetings with front office people two weeks ago, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, We say this every year, frankly, but um, it really is. And I hope this isn't the end of an era. I hope he still has another year or two in him. But I don't know. You do. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I know you don't. You don't like the guy. I don't care about him. But, uh, yeah. Um, Before we get to the big game, NFL Honors is tomorrow. We're going to go with our NFL Honors predictions. Yeah. And we're going to start off with the big one. We're going to start off with MVP, which we both, of course, have the, the unanimous point. MVP. Well, yeah. unanimous at SSP, I should be. say. Yeah. Actually, one thing I want to say. Why weren't we invited to Radio Row? As SSP? <laughs> yeah, that? why weren't we invited? Uh, our double-digit listeners <laughs> each week. Shout out to all of you. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to vocalize don't that to Don't you have to, to apply? Them. At Do least you? like in the beginning? You must Do have you? to apply in the beginning. Like when you're ESPN or you're a larger brand, obviously you get invited each year. I feel like you have to apply in the beginning, though. All right, let's you apply, apply next for next year. year yeah, yeah, let's apply next year. Where is the Super Bowl? Vegas? Vegas yeah, next, next year it's in Vegas. Right, That'd be awesome to go to Vegas. Let's do that. I'll, I got. All right, everyone, build the brand. We're going up. We're going to Radio <laughs> Row. It's Super Bowl. F- what would it be? 58? 58. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, MVP Patrick Tyler Mahomes, Mahomes yeah. quarterback in in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. Fantastic year. Proved everyone wrong when Tyreek Hill left. Still the number one seed, made to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's not going to factor into MVP voting, but still. Which is funny that everyone doubted him. Yeah, I, I think it's that. hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I I myself even didn't have him as the top team in that division. No, no, you didn't. But, I think I did. Um, I think you did as well. Yeah. I did not just because I didn't think Derek Carr and... Uh, Russell Wilson? <laughs> no, Josh McDaniel would be that oh. awful. I didn't have oh. the Broncos in. I don't like Russell Wilson. Um... No, I just didn't think well, a lot that, of those I didn't flop. I didn't think the Raiders were going to be that bad. So, yeah. I did not have them in. Um but either way, move on to offensive player of the year. Jay Jettas. Got the same one. Yeah, Jay Jettas. Uh if, honestly, he would have been my second pick for MVP. And yeah. a lot of people a lot of people would not agree with that because of the quarterback awards now and stuff like that and how much quarterback is valued, which quarterback should be valued. But 
Jefferson, amazing year. You take him off that team, Minnesota is nowhere close to where they were. Um, yeah. He had one of the best receiving seasons in terms of statistics of all time. Yeah. In the entire NFL history. And the best season in Vikings history, which is pretty impressive, beating out Randy Moss. Uh, moving on to our defensive players of the year. I know we vary in this, and there's one reason why I still pick this guy. It's because I had him at the beginning of the year. Is that true? So, I, yeah, I have okay. to I have to stick to him, and that's Michael Parsons. Yeah. Um, I will say he had a great weeks 1 through 12. Weeks 12 through 18, Just very, very slow. Yeah. So I think that's going to hurt him. I don't know if he's actually going to come out on top. Obviously, we don't. None of us know, but um, – I'm hoping he does just because that was my prediction at the beginning of the year, but we'll see what happens. I'm going with a guy who also came out of the gates firing um, and then kind of relaxed for the rest of the season but still played at a consistent level, and that is Nick Bosa, um, 18 and a half sacks on the year, led the NFL um, in that category. Pretty straightforward, and I don't like Micah Parsons anyway because <laughs> he's a cowboy, so I'm not going to pick him for something. <laughs> um, offensive rookie of the year. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. Kenny, Kenny um, W, K nine. I think it's so. I think the mix here. I think it. I think they got them right. I think Purdy should be in the conversation just because yeah, of what he totally. did with San Francisco. Even if a small sample size. However, that's that's his downfall is a small sample size. I, I think that that's the reason that he does not win this award. Um, as much as an impact he had on the 49ers making this this playoff run, I do not think that he uh, he should have gotten. Um, or he's going to win this award, but it's a great honor to be one of the three finalists in it. Um, Kenneth Walker, of course, getting hurt in the middle of the year, coming back. Started off amazing, coming back for those last couple games. A little slower, but still had a very consistent season. I I think that he's going to win this. I'm going with someone different who's not named Brock Purdy, and that's Garrett Wilson of the Jets, who had to deal with some abysmal quarterback play throughout this year between Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. Um, and yet he still finished with 1,100 receiving yards, 83 catches, and four touchdowns. Um, the 1,100 yards were the most by any rookie receiver. I think if Kenneth Walker didn't get hurt, it would be his award in a runaway fashion, but missing some time. He also didn't really be running back one um, until a couple of games into the year as well. It required some injuries ahead of him to get that job. Um, and because of that, I'm rocking with the guy that played the whole season with Garrett Wilson. Olave, but I don't have an issue with Kenneth Walker. Yeah, no. Olave and Wilson also first wide receiver pair from the same school to total over a thousand receiving yards in one season as rookies. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And that team didn't even make the college football playoff. No, it did not. <laughs> uh, defensive rookie of the year. Easy pick. Sauce Gardner. Pretty much as easy as the MVP. Very easy. Yeah, Sauce. Borderline best cornerback in the NFL already. I feel like you can make an argument. Yeah, I think so as well. I think he's definitely a top three. Yeah, for sure. I won't make the argument, but someone could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, comeback player of the year. I have Christian McCaffrey, um, which is kind of you know comeback. We talk about variations in in the I meaning this of this award. award anymore. I hate it. So I can't really you know it's weird to talk about. Um, but CMC, you know he's been he's been. Like his downfall has been injuries over the past few years. Yeah. Um, he came back, played for the Panthers for the first couple games of the season, of course. Gets shipped off to the 49ers and plays his best football yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's CMC. I think I think CMC wins this award because of that. Um, we know his talent, but his injuries not non-existent this year, which is amazing. I'm going with a totally different take on the award of comeback yeah, player of the which year. is why I hate it because there's so many different um, 
And I'm going with Geno Smith. Three for 30 touchdowns this year. Um, 30-plus, I think, actually. Most passing yards in the Seahawks history, beating out Russell Wilson in year one. Um, there have been many, many uh, memes about Geno Smith over the years, and rightfully so. Um, I hate this award. I think that there should be a, quote, adversity award as well as a most improved award. And I know that's a lot of um, awards, and it starts to get stupid at that point. But Geno Smith should not be vying for the same award as, as two Barkley players that Christian came back McCaffrey. off of injury. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's enough people every year in the NFL to have a most improved player award um, every single year. And we've seen people like Ryan Tannehill win this award just because he stunk and then he was better again. Um, and then we have the true like quote comeback player of the years that I want to be adversity based with guys like Alex Smith. You look around at the NFL. Obviously, I have bias with Nick Gates who had to have five surgeries on his leg, and the fact that he made it back out to the field. Brandon Graham, torn Achilles, coming back and playing like he didn't miss a beat, and I hate the Eagles. Um, I just don't think that these players should be grouped into the same award. I think that they should be separated, even if that means adding in more awards, or just get rid of one. Just make it strictly adversity-based for the heartfelt story of the year, or make it strictly most improved something yeah I don't, I, I don't like that everyone's included under this umbrella it's just way too it's way too very like you could leave this up to interpretation for absolutely anything yeah. and, and i don't like that so we'll see how they take it this year uh but i don't know coach of the year we both have the same pick and that's brian dable yeah uh thankfully and please uh ap voters don't vote for nick sirianni he's no. a talented roster merchant didn't even finish with the best record in the NFL. It was tied with Kansas City. I hope people point that out. Um, if he was 15-2, and two, then sure, maybe you have an argument. But another team that he's playing this weekend finished with the exact same record. Sirianni isn't thinking about winning this award. Um, but I just think Brian Dable, and I was a Giants fan, of course, but he did the most with the least. And my number two pick for this award would be Doug Peterson. And the only reason why I picked Dable more is just because of a lack of talent. We saw Jacksonville go on a free agency spending spree. They had the number one overall pick. They had a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who was the next greatest thing, the next Peyton Manning, even if Urban Meyer tried to ruin him. Um, they had way more cornerstones in place. Brian Dable walks into this team, pretty much no cap space, uh, credit to Joe Shane, but they signed two guys to multiple-year deals in free agency. They obviously had two top-ten picks. Um, even so... Brian Dable's my pick. Had a five-win increase this year, as well as a tie, making the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs don't mean anything, but winning a playoff game as well, like Peterson did. Um, but not Philadelphia. You're supposed to be the number one team. Countless people picked you to win the Super Bowl. Countless people had you as the best team in the NFC. Um, and, not to mention Nick Sirianni, you got your chance to showcase your coaching ability when Jalen Hurts was out for two games, and you lost both of those games. Yeah. Um, and Gardner Minshew is not a bad backup quarterback at all, and you were no. unable to change the offensive scheme to match Minshew's skill set. Yeah, and people like to blame Minshew for that, but no, I think that that shows that shows a little bit more. Um, I, I I chose Dable for the exact same reasons that you said. Uh, Peterson, of course, would be my my second pick, and mm -hmm. sadly, I had to go above above Peterson this time simply because you know Trevor Lawrence, the amount of talent he has, yeah. getting receivers like Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk. And Evan Ingram at tight end, even elevating his game this year was amazing for Peterson. But Dable went in there, saved Daniel Jones's career, mm -hmm. saved Saquon Barkley's career, arguably in in New 100%. York. One hundred percent. Changed a lot about the culture of the Giants since 2016. 
mm-hmm. and I appreciated that seeing that from him and really gave Giants fans like yourself um, something to look forward to for the next couple of years. And something to enjoy yeah. for the entire yeah. season. Making Richie James yeah. a top receiver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we're going to go on to the big game. Uh, do, you want, do, do you want to start with a prediction, or do you want to start with a, a I think of I think we're going to have to... I mean, there's a lot of storylines in this game. Yeah. First, first uh, two black quarterbacks to start um, yeah. in playoff games, which is... Or in the Super Bowl, which is very monumental. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, first brother pair to ever play against each other. Play um, against each other. Yeah. We had the, the Harbaugh Bowl. Coach yeah, against each yeah. other. Which uh, I, when, when I see a lot of uh, publications say that it's the first ever brother bowls to face each other. No. It's play. That. It's play. play. Key, um, very key difference. First coach to ever head coach on both teams. That's Andy Oh, Reed. that's true. That is true. First time that both head coaches have coached on both teams, as Nick Sirianni used to be a wide receiver coach of the Chiefs. Wow, keep them coming. You got all the there's a lot of there's a there's today. a lot of storylines here. A lot of history. Um, a lot of history. The first ever Apple Music halftime show. <laughs> first ever time Rihanna's yeah, performing yeah. at the halftime show. First ever time Rihanna's performing. Do you have a do you have a favorite Rihanna song? <coughs> I know we briefly talked about the halftime show last week, but do you have a favorite um, Rihanna song? See, I love Rihanna. I think uh I think uh, Umbrella is a good classic okay. one to go good with. Pick, good pick. It's a but I don't know, pick. I'd really have to That won't get you thrown out of the party. I'd really have to um to sit down and evaluate all of her work. Yeah. Um but I also I also really like uh, Hey Mr. DJ. Okay. So, I, I will yeah. say on my drive over here I was listening to Disturbia. Oh, I love that one as to, well. To get me yeah. in the mindset for Sunday. And See, my gr- my grandma loves Rihanna. I just found really out. yeah. So she's gonna be watching the halftime I, show. I was texting her the other day, um, and she was asking what time the Super Bowl's on and who I'm picking and everything. She said she was looking forward to the halftime show. I can't wait for the halftime show. You said you're not really a fan. <laughs> I'm usually. not. I go to the bathroom. During yeah. The no, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> I'll change my mind this. Week. Um. I'll be polite. I gotta get my I gotta get my impressions of everything. Yeah. So I gotta watch it. Uh. Well, I guess we could just we'll start off with our picks and and we'll and we'll reason why that's gonna happen because I feel like we can't really break down the Super Bowl without saying who we want or who we're gonna pick and who we want to pick and who we want <laughs> to pick. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs in a high scoring game. Um, I'm gonna I'm going probably around like thirty four thirty one. Okay. Um. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I've got Kansas City winning as well, 32 to 27. Pretty similar score. I just don't like to pick the regular numbers. 32 is a little wonky. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. Uh, now that you're 21, you're a bit more of the betting man. Um, been been in a hiatus lately. I've been I've been I've been keeping my distance. I need to save my money. Uh, which is very smart, very yeah. intelligent yeah. of you. Um, but I'll ask you. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over under 350. Pa- and a half passing yards, three fifty. It's a lot. Under. Okay. What do you think he finishes with? I think he finishes with just over three hundred. Okay. You do think he just over three hundred? Okay. I think he finishes a- around like three twelve. My next one. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two total for the Chiefs. Two total for the Eagles. All right. Over under Travis Kelsey one and a half uh, touchdowns. Total touchdowns. One could be rushing. Total. Well, is it rushing or is it the little shovel pass? Whatever it is. All right. Well, either, either way, either way, if if they're scoring thirty four points, he'll have two touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. Over over one and a half. All right. Now for Philadelphia, um, Jalen Hurts over under fifty five and a half rushing yards. 
which is now I want to start talking about Jalen Hurts. I think coming back from the shoulder injury, we haven't really seen his legs be showcased in this offense. I think under because okay. I think they'll have they'll have someone spying him. Okay. Um, and also having Chris Jones on that line is going to really showcase what this Philly offensive line is like. Um, now my final question: We both had Kansas City winning here. Um, Philadelphia's defense, which was I think top top three in the NFL, it was top two, top two, yeah, top them two. And San Francisco. They were yeah, they were second to San Francisco. Um, also a top two offense in the NFL, right? Yes. With Kansas City. Um, the defense over under two and a half sacks, which led the NFL in sacks, had one of the greatest defensive line performances in NFL history. Two and I, a half. See, I would say over, but Mahomes is so good at getting out of that, even after the pocket collapses, that even, I don't think they can do it. And even with a gimpy an- ankle. Yeah. Well. well, his his ankle isn't even gimpy anymore. It's been four weeks. Yeah, but, you know, it still lingers. All right, a little bit, even but, so. like, hardly. Even so, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that they get they get over three and a half. You said three and a half, two, two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, I don't think they get it's over that. Because... Like I said, Mahomes is, like, the expert at, like, scrambling. Yeah. Not even just rushing, scrambling. Like, he's not even that fast. He's just so hard to get to and tackle. Yeah. Um, I know that this Philly defensive line is so good, but I, I just don't I don't see it happening. Right. Um, With that being said, I think that this game is really going to be – it's going to showcase and it's going to expose this Philly defense. I really hope so, man. If you look at – the last five quarterbacks the Eagles have faced, how many of them are actually like top ten quarterbacks? Top ten, top ten offenses. Um, I mean, a lot of people like to make the ar- argument of Dak Prescott in Dallas, but I okay, like okay. Well, that's that's the first one that I that I'm. But talking that about. that's even like a little little shaky at this point after Dak's performance this year. It's 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 shaky with him, but they had a top ten offense. Yeah. Correct? Technically. And they put up forty on this defense that's Mm -hmm. supposed to be so great. And Dak actually went crazy. He played a fantastic game. Very much so. No offense to your to Daniel Jones and your Giants offense. No, that's offense. not an offense that is But that's not an that offense that's gonna compare. compete with this Philadelphia team. No. You have a Saints team that and also Dalton. didn't even know who was going to be at quarterback, what they were going to do. So they that team actually even ended up, ended up beating them. They lucked out with the 49ers losing their quarterback. Quarterbacks, yeah. even. And now they have to play the top offense in the league. This is going to be detrimental to them. I think that this offense is just too damn good. And they're getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. I don't know if yeah. he's going to end up playing in this game Get a couple or carries. what they're going to do. It's Isaiah Pacheco's offense. But, yeah, Pacheco and McKinnon. Yeah, at this at this point, um, so I I don't I don't know, but I think this is going to expose that Philly defense. Um, Chiefs defense, it's not as awful as people say, but it's no. definitely not it's definitely not good. It's no. it's middle of the ground. It's the offense. Maybe that's maybe win a little bit below average, but it's going to be an offensive game. Yeah, all 100%. around. Which I love. Um, oh, I love. It's going to be exciting. It's not going to be a thirteen to three final with the yeah, Rams Patriots game. Uh, that game was detrimental to me. I could not even sit through it anymore. It was so boring. Uh. I am just internally hoping for Nick Sirianni's downfall. Um, Julian Love, giant safety, um, said on Good Morning Football, I guess it was either earlier this week or last week, um, didn't have a lot of good things to say about Nick Sirianni. Basically said what I've been saying the entire season is that that's just a talented roster and it doesn't have to do with him. 
Um, I mean, I agree with you, Julian Love, and I'm a Giants fan, so of course I'm going to. You're a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame fan. <laughs> You're probably going to agree with him as well. I like that man. But, I love that man. Um, I just want to see the Eagles lose. I'm praying on their downfall. I'm praying on Nick Sirianni's downfall. Nothing I, would make me happier. Here's one thing that I do. That I. All right. So if the Eagles win, say hypothetically the Eagles win, I know you won't be happy. I'll be a quarter happy. Why? Because Gardner Minshew will have a ring. Okay, that's a good take. <laughs> I well, that man de- that man deserves it. I'll try and keep that in mind. If Philadelphia wins, I'll be sure to text you and congratulate you. No, no, you don't have to congratulate me because it's not like they're my team. I know, but, but Gardner, Minshew's you know, I love guy. Gardner Minshew. Yeah, meaning that's why I congratulate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, just for him getting the ring. Uh, but I want Mahomes to inch towards that Tom Brady already. Uh, you know, Age mantle which. I think he he is going to get there, you know, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this is a guy that's going to end up passing Brady in the in the goat conversation. Uh, I also think he could do it by like. I think he could do it by. I would say I think he could do it by thirty five or thirty six. He's what three three Super Bowls already, and yeah, he can go Super two Bowl and one. Five AFC and four. I would say four or five AFC championship two appearances MVPs after this season. He's got it all, man. He's, He's just insane. All. He's insane. He's going to – when are we getting Mahomes brand? Instead of Brady brand? I'll actually <laughs> buy some Mahomes brand instead of Brady I would brand. too. Yeah. No, Mahomes is sponsored by Adidas actually. Right. He has his own shoes, I'm looking forward I think. To the, I'm looking forward to the Adidas-Mahomes brand partnership where I can get a, a new hoodie or something. <laughs> Looks like it's time. We got to get on it. Uh, any other any other comments you have about the big game on Sunday? Um, I hate the Eagles. Go Chiefs. That's about it. And I'm uh, and I'll be wearing my Kadarius Tony jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. I former, did. I did mean to ask you about that. I did mean to ask you about need, that. Need him to get a ring. Not actually though, but I do have his jersey, so I'll be wearing it. Hey, it's all right. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to our one year anniversary yeah. of the Slinging Sports Podcast. We hope you all enjoy so much. Thank you so much for sticking with us this past year and throughout this entire episode and the many more that are to come uh we've got plus plenty more content but in the meantime while they're watching the super bowl while they're absorbing all this all these sports where can they find us wally you can hit us up at sling sports on instagram at sling underscore sports on twitter number one way to know when all episodes are dropped these sweet graphics there to make sure you know what's going on in those episodes that's what we love to hear we love all you viewers out there all you listeners thank you so much for tuning in we will catch you guys in the next episode peace